Welcome to the Five Smooth Stones podcast with Daniel Watts, the director of the EGM Institute. Experience is a powerful teacher. If we just stop and think about that, we realize how experiences have shaped and molded our own lives. It certainly affected how I drive through Big Pine, California. When I was a college student, I developed a short-lived love for snow skiing. When I got married, budgetary realities sort of terminated that hobby. (laughs) I loved to ski at Mammoth Mountain in the eastern Sierra Mountains, about six hours north from where I lived at the time. Being young and energetic, a few guys would pile into my truck, and we would leave home around midnight and drive all the way up six hours and arrive at the mountain in the morning at six o'clock and ski all day. We'd drive back that evening. Those in the back of the truck got a little cold. I know that sounds crazy, but you do stuff like that when you're 20. (laughs) Naturally, driving through the middle of the night, speed limits were slightly exceeded, which was the case as we breezed through Big Pine, California, speed limit 35 miles per hour. Unknown to me, our all-night drive had become popular among the young and impetuous, and there were other cars making their way up to Mammoth in the wee hours, many of them in a great hurry. As a result, the local sheriff in Big Pine had set up a little speed trap in which I became ensnared. After reviewing my license and insurance, he informed me that I was driving 50 miles an hour through his town. I cringed waiting for the big ticket, which I could not afford. Instead, he told me that he was going to be real nice, and I quote him. He was going to let me off with a warning. Then he said, the next time you drive through Big Pine, you'll remember how nice the sheriff was, and you'll slow down. Everybody else will think you saw the sheriff's speed trap, and then they'll all slow down too, making for a safer little town, he said. I couldn't believe it. But to this day... Whenever I drive through Big Pine, I remember that sheriff and slow down below the speed limit. And that's been over 40 years ago. Experience is a powerful teacher. Of course, God knows that. And it's evident, as we saw in Deuteronomy 6 and in the calling of Moses in Exodus 3 and 4, where our attention is during these five weeks. Last week, we noted God's relational approach, and now we see the experiential activities he introduces when he calls Moses, particularly in Exodus 4, verses 2 through 9. Let me read. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw the staff on the ground, and it became a snake, and Moses drew back from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand, seize it by the tail. So he reached out his hand and grasped it, and it became a staff in his hand, so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. He put his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, his hand was leprous as white as snow. Then God said, put your hand back into your cloak. So he put his hand back into his cloak and he took it out. It was restored like the rest of his body. 
If they will not believe you or heed the first sign, they may believe the second sign. If they will not believe even these two signs or heed you, you shall take water from the Nile, pour it on the dry ground, and the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. He had communicated the truth to Moses in Exodus 3, verses 7 to 10, which we'll look at next week. This truth was about God's concern for his people and his desire that Moses act on his behalf. Moses' response to that, however, was reluctance, leading to a lengthy discussion between God and Moses. In the latter half of that discussion, we find two very famous, these two very famous experiential activities designed to teach Moses. God instructs Moses to take a shepherd's staff made from wood and throw it on the ground. Doing just that, God turns the wooden staff into a snake and Moses runs away like, like I would. God calls him back and instructs him to pick up the snake by the tail and when he does, it's restored to its wooden form. This experiential activity was not only to re- reassure Moses, but to assure the Israelites of Moses' calling. And then God tells Moses to place his hand inside his cloak, and when he does and draws it out, his hand is leprous. God instructs him to put the hand back in his cloak, and when he brings it out a second time, the leprosy is gone. Not only is God reassuring Moses of his immense power, he's also giving Moses a second experiential activity of assurance and to assure the Israelites. These are referred to as signs in verse 8, but are certainly experiential activities designed to overcome Moses' reluctance and fear. Prior to this calling, he's been the, the conversation has been primarily cognitive and something for Moses to think about. But these experiential activities bring that calling into the realm of touch, smell, and sensory perception. This, combined with the truth in chapter 3, verse 7 through 10, makes the effect of the calling all the more compelling as evidenced in Moses' ultimate response. In this calling narrative, we find experiential activities used by God as a teaching method with Moses. I don't believe that we can go wrong when we use a method modeled by God himself. Even this last Sunday, I saw the way that experiential activities engage children with God's word. This can also characterize your ministry with children as you seek to engage them through all the senses. Just like Moses, children learn through hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, and experiencing truth. Unfortunately, our commitment to a secular educational approach places all the emphasis on giving the children information. This is simply not biblical, as evidenced by our earlier study of Deuteronomy 6, 4-9, through 9, and this example of God's teaching Moses. Not to mention the five weeks we spent studying Jesus, where he uses experiential teaching. This coming weekend, think of some way that you can ex- include an experiential activity in your children's ministry. And for help doing that, check out the EGM Institute website at www.egminstitute.org. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Our next Five Smooth Stones podcast will be this same time next week. 
To learn more about life-changing children's ministry, check out the EGM Institute website at www.egminstitute.org.